0: Hello and welcome to episode 80 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRP. And joining me as always is the glorious League Freak, you can find on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? I'm very good. How are you? Oh, upbeat and perky.
1: Ah, oh, that's what you like to hear.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Had myself a big steak. I cooked it myself. It Fantastic. Yeah.
1: Do you, now, here's a question. Do you have your steaks, like, thick, or do you do the thin ones?
0: No, it's got to be thick. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I want to make sure that I it's it's well known to my body that I've just eaten an animal. Yeah, I
1: want my body to go to su- at some level of shutdown. Exactly. Once i I've finished, I need it to be like, what the hell did you just do? Uh, we're doing nothing for the rest of the day. Yeah.
2: And that's, and what I like.
1: that's how I eat my steak. And let's do this again some other time. Yeah, yeah yeah but give give me a couple of months you know
0: yeah if i want something thin meat-wise yeah. i'll just grab like slices of ham and have a sandwich
1: yeah <laughs> that's yeah I, I agree with you. yeah yeah it's um it, actually that's what i've eaten all day hey <laughs> just shaved ham and shaved ham. just on buns like just as is it does it for me i'm one of those weirdos that uh once upon a time, I used to put together sandwiches and stuff like that, and I was super elaborate. Like, I would get chutneys and all sorts of stuff. But it's weird. As time's gone on, it's like, I just like pure food. So that's like, I like coffee just black. You know, I just love just basic pure stuff. Because I like the taste, to taste the thing. I don't need a million different flavors.
0: Fully agree with that. Yeah. It's agreed. like, when,
1: say, with a steak, right? Mm. Once upon a time, I would have got all sorts of different, like, you know, seasonings and stuff. But now, just give me the steak, man. That's all I need, steak and maybe like a, I don't know, just a side of some sort. Not heaps of sides either.
0: No, uh, Mine is usually steak. I don't cook with any oil. Yep. Just pop it in a Teflon pan, it won't stick. What more do you need? Um, it's yep. got its own juice. Yep. And uh some spuds and some mixed veggies. Yeah. That's, That's the it. way to go.
2: Yeah.
1: Keep that shit simple. Have you ever butterfly your chicken? Um, no. I tell you what, your butterfly chicken, put it on the Barbie, right? You gotta be careful because it'll it'll dry out and burn, so you gotta watch it. But if you get garlic salt and, and rub garlic salt underneath the skin, right? But and then a bit on top of it. Man, you barbecue that sucker! It tastes
0: so good. All right, it says like you've just deci- you've decided what dinner's going to be when I come around to your place sometime soon. Mm, a porter.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Hell yeah! I,
1: I, like I don't say that I actually cook any of this stuff anymore, but yeah. Anyway, how do we get onto this topic? I, I'm not even hungry. Hey, I've
0: just eaten. Yeah, likewise. It's all yeah. good. Yeah, um we're feeling good because we've had a good feed. Yeah, exactly. We usually save this chat for the back of this show, so, you know, mixing it up. Yeah, you're getting it up front. All righty. Um, that's what she said.
2: Uh,
0: um, I, was, I was contemplating whether to drop it in or not. Anyway, um bit of news this week. We're going to start off with uh, Shane Flanagan. He has sent a 10-page statement of contrition to the NRL, apologising for his actions. He claims he uh, now understands the... The impact of his actions, and uh, what's some of the quotes he's got here? I want the commission to know I now, now, now understand and accept now. that these, yeah, <laughs> accept that these rules and regulations need to be complied with. It's more the fact they have to be complied with. Yeah, they're not su- just suggestions then. Yeah, they're not guidelines. Yeah, they're not
1: just like, you know what, it'd be nice if you stuck to the salary cap. It'd be nice if when we ban you for involvement in the Asada scandal, if you would, you know, just abide by the the year off that you were banned for. That would be nice.
0: And most people have a pretty good understanding that, you know, cheating is wrong. Yeah. And so usually when you know you're not, you're not doing the right thing. Your mind tells you that you're cheating. I don't know why it has to take a suspension or a second suspension, I should say, for it to really sink in and go, you know what? All those years ago, I, I think I may have fucked up. Yeah. Uh, If I I think about it, I didn't coach for, for a year and I'm not coaching now. And I think it was a penalty. I might've fucked up somewhere. I better have a look into this.
1: Yeah, it's like I did something wrong that I should not have done. And after like one year ban, which was absolutely extraordinary and deserved, and then an indefinite ban, he's like, oh, yeah. Uh, Eight months later, oh, you know what? Epiphany time.
0: Yeah. So he said, I take complete ownership of my actions, attitude, and behavior at that time. Shane, you're supposed to take complete ownership of your actions, attitude, and behavior at all times, whether Mm. you're cheating or not. I mean, that's just part of being responsible.
1: You know what I really love about that statement? Mm. I love that, like, and I don't know how old Shane Flanagan is. I'm guessing he's 50-something, right? But I love this idea that this old gentleman is like, you know what? I take responsibility for my actions. (laughs) oh it's
0: hilarious it's so rugby league it is he's uh oh it's making so uh, 10 pages of that how Uh, much
1: like i can't imagine what he said over 10 pages he must have jibbered on about all of the supposed good stuff that he's been doing in an effort to like get back in the good graces of the commission
0: yeah it it must be an awful lot of winking like that um and the only reason why i can see that he's jumped to this sudden need to get his name cleared and get back coaching again is i dare say he's been offered a job somewhere possibly yeah, a head I, coaching job yeah
1: you would think so it's not just so that he can say you know what i just need to i just need to put my mind at peace about this whole thing it's uh yeah he's obviously been offered a job and as you were saying to me last night, it's got to be the Dragons. It has yeah. to be. I just can't imagine it's anyone else.
0: That's right. And it's, you know, it, it works too because, you know, he lives nearby. He used to play for the Dragons. So he yep. can classify as one of the boys. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, it just seems to make sense that they would chase someone like that. I mean, yeah, Jeff Tuvie is sitting there waiting for a job, has never cheated is a proven winner. Yeah. Um, and you can have him immediately. You wouldn't have to wait for some sort of special ruling by the ARLC, which may not even happen. Yeah. Just say, well, Tubes, do you want to be coach next year? And he goes, okay. Done. That's it. Yeah. Very straightforward. Yeah. I, I don't get why they're doing this. And furthermore, that squad is perfectly suited for toby um, oh. I mean, it's, it's suited well for, for Flanagan as well. Flanagan likes having those those big monster packs, which that the Dragon side has. But TV would work just as much wonders with that side as well, with with a decent pair of halves in there as well.
1: It's crazy, because I think most coaches ever would do pretty good with that Dragons team. Yeah. It just so happens that that, I mean, McGregor, what a terrible season. At least for Dragons fans, they can kind of look at this whole thing and be like it's a hope that things are going to change and McGregor's
0: out, yeah, and look Flanagan is you know as 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 far as looking at actual coaching ability he's concerned, he is better than McGregor, but he should not be coaching
1: no, nah, not at all it's he's proven he's proven on a number of occasions and in you know it's not like he did One thing in one area It's like he basically Hit the home run he did the grand slam
2: yeah. Um,
1: And yeah I, I don't Understand how there is Any way that the NRL Can recommend that he gets An indefinite suspension Which is pretty much a life ban And then less than a year later they Recommend to the commission to do a complete Backflip on that decision Because that I mean, that would be a signal to the commission that Todd Greenberg, had, like, is just, you know, indecisive.
0: Well, he did let Simona come back, didn't he? And that's the thing.
1: Like, Simona should never have been allowed back either. No. So, if Simona hadn't been allowed back, I would have said, um, Flanagan's got Barkley's chance, right? Mm-hmm. But Simona was, is back, um... And the weird thing is that Todd Carney is never, ever going to be allowed back. And when you line up what Todd Carney has done, and he does get a bit of a lifetime achievement award in just doing silly shit, but when you line up what Simone did to Todd Carney, it's not even close, man. It's not no. even close.
0: Not even in the ballpark. No. Um, so... I think there's there's one thing that's missing out of this, and that's Flanagan is going out and he's apologizing to the ARLC, to the NRL. Yeah. yeah. I think the first thing they need to do is say, before we read this thing, Shane, you need to get out here in a press conference and publicly apologize to all the fans. Mm-hmm. Every single genuine shareholder we have, make it public. You apologize to all of them, then we'll read your the submission, then we'll consider it whether we, whether we accept it or not. Um, you know, what else are we talking about they should sit him down and say we need to have a chat about the uh, the Asada stuff yeah how much are you willing to tell us that will determine how willing we are to allow you to coach again
1: exactly because if he really is contrite and he really is sorry for what he did and he really does see that now now he sees that you know rules are there for a reason let's sit down and see what he really wants to say about it because if he sits down and he says look i'm gonna line up exactly what happened and he spills his guts and he says everything that happened how it happened why it happened and who was involved then i'm willing to listen to him but if he doesn't want to do that go away it's like yeah. if he if he's like oh, even if he says oh that's all in the past it's like go away then you know, it yeah, look, your
0: career. it's in the past too now. I don't raise that because I want any sort of sanctions put against the Sharks. It, it, it's old news now. There's nothing you can do with them. I and mean, they got the spoon or whatever it was that year. It doesn't matter. What we need to find out is the, the length of it, mm-hmm. how it happened so that it mm-hmm. can't happen again. Yep. And if anyone who is involved in it is still involved with the game, to mm-hmm. have them taken out of the game. 100%. That's got to be the purpose of it. Yeah, I I don't want to... I'm like you.
1: I don't want to retry it. I don't want to go back and... and No one... It's not about hitting the club again. It's not about rebanning players or anything. It is just who... Is there anyone else we need to look at? Is there anyone else we need to remove from the game? And then, as you say, look at the processes that they chose to go through. And, yeah, make sure that cannot happen. Because he has... As good an insider on the stuff that has, is, was happening as just about anybody. And if exactly he's willing right. to sit down and talk about that, great. You yeah. know, that is a sign of contrition. But outside of that, if he shuts his mouth, you can
0: go away. Yep. I fully agree with that. Help us, Flanner. We'll help you.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: you I know. think that's
1: fair. I reckon that's really, really fair. That's not going, that's not making him go to some extreme level to do something. That's pretty damn
0: fair, I reckon. That's right. And especially when you say, look, you're not going to cop any more punishment. We just Mm -hmm. need to know all of this so that we can stop this from ever happening again. Yeah. And then I think there was an idea you had afterwards, and that was we'll allow you to coach again, but you will have a minder around you 24-7. All your uh, correspondence will go through one of our officials. They will watch you and walk around with you everywhere you go, all the time, everything you do.
1: Yeah, see, that, no, that wasn't, that, wasn't well, that was more like me, that wasn't it? it. Yeah, that was yeah. More my, I,
0: was, I was getting a bit crazy. Because,
1: <laughs> and you know, the thing about something like that, I, I think if he's, if he's okay to coach, he's okay to coach. You know, it's like, you, like, if you've given him the green light, you've given him the green light. You can't really monitor him like that. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, <laughs> you could, you know, but it's pretty extreme. I mean, who's going to hang around with Flanner, Flannery? You know.
2: Well,
1: oh Flanagan, oh. sorry. Who's going to hang around with him like
0: twenty four seven? He doesn't oh. seem like the chirpiest bloke in the world. Well, there'd be a uh, there'd be a bloke looking for a new job at the at the Dragons. he probably wouldn't mind doing it.
2: <laughs> Maybe that that's be...
0: what Gus can do. That can be part of his review. Well,
1: that he's like they've... got a fourteen foot like chain that's between him and and Shane, and they just like they're always stuck together like
0: that. Wow. Who, who'd, kill it, who'd kill the other one first? <laughs> That's a good question.
2: <laughs> That'd be cool. uh,
0: speaking of death. Yes. Uh, Swinton. The the Swinton Lions over in the UK made a decision, their board there, to rename the club. That's all it was going to be, was a renaming of the club from Swinton, because no one knows where it is, to Manchester. Mm-hmm. Try and draw in all that. Attention that the Manchester um, soccer teams have got, United and City. Try and get some fans that way. Try and get some sponsorship and some money into the club. Try and get them moving upwards and forwards and securing their future. All that sort of stuff. And all it was going to be was try
1: and spread their wings more than a catchment area where they can currently get a few hundred people to games.
0: Exactly right. And it's one of the very few times that we've seen an English club at any level think this boldly Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and this positively. And a bunch of sooks have decided it means that we're going to have all of our history and our legacy and all that stuff's gone. No, it means the word Manchester is on the logo on your jumper. That's Mm -hmm. all it meant. Mm -hmm. But nothing changed. You're still playing at the same ground. still got all the same history, all the same legacy, even the colors are the same. All it was, it was a name on the badge and they had a whinge uh devastating decision
1: yeah and that, so the board has decided that they're basically going to give control back to a uh what do they call it over there a supporters trust yep um and they're basically going to stand down um and yeah it could spell the end of the club basically which is absolutely terrible um and it's sad because the board had really tried to do something positive and really put in place measures that they felt were going to make the club take a step forward uh, rather than just you know staying at that same small level that they'd been at for forever and apparently there was like all sorts of threats and stuff made to board members and things like that and yeah it just killed the idea of it and really really short-sighted stuff really really sad for the not only the club, but the game in general in the UK. And anytime you see a club really try and make a positive step and it's weird because like only a few days ago, you and me were so excited when we heard this news and we were looking up where like places in Manchester, where if they grew their supporter base, they might be able to play that were that were not too big, but not too small. And mm. then like 24 hours later, this news comes out that they're pulling
0: the plug on the whole idea and, just deflating it is it's devastating and a lot of the fans are saying you know some of the stuff i read online the, the fans are saying is oh the reason why we didn't like it is because they didn't they didn't tell us what was going to happen or what it was all going to be or it was very um there was no democracy involved i mean show me show me a club of any sport anywhere in the world that is both successful and a democracy Yeah. Exactly. doesn't exist? No. Why would it?
1: You cannot function that way. No, you can't. You need need one pathway, one vision. You can't, you know, you can't have, it's the old saying, like, too many cooks spoil the broth. It's, you just can't do it that way. And we've seen that happen with certain clubs where they start to run things by committee and it just doesn't go the same direction it does when you've got a single-minded focus and somebody that's really properly in charge, and they say, this is where we're going, and you're either with us or you're against us.
0: Exactly. And I don't know why the fans are so upset. Like, Other than the name change, which they're all opposed to, everything else about it was completely positive. there There was no hidden agenda here to kill the club or anything like that. That's not what they wanted. The fact that they've increased crowds this year and increased the amount of money in the kitty this year, not Mm -hmm. by much, but they have done it compared to what they've been doing for years before Showed that they were committed to try and helping this club out. Their intentions are in the right place. Yeah. A lot of owners come into these clubs and they just go, here's a shit ton of cash. Don't lose it too quickly. These owners come in and said, no, 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 we've got the money, but we also want to make this thing work and get better and bigger and stronger. Yeah. They're actually putting in the fucking work. To be shut down like that, oh, it's, it's devastating.
1: It really is, and, like, I mean, it must be very sad for the for the board members and the board that are standing down because they really had a, a thought that, you know, this was going to work, this was going to be really positive for the club, and to have to walk away from that now is very, very sad, and, you know, I don't know what happens to Swinton from here, I guess we'll see, but, I mean, anything's got to be better than what's happening with them now. And I don't understand how anybody can look at a positive change like that, even just for a, just change's sake. Like if a name can be changed, it can be changed back if it doesn't work. Yes. And I just I don't get the mentality because look, if the Panthers said we we can't really survive at this level, we've got a market to all of Sydney. We're going to call ourselves the Sydney Panthers. We're going to play at Penrith. We're going to have the same colours. We're even here, I'd be like, yeah, go for it, call yourself whatever you need to be if that's what saves the club.
0: Yeah. So I'm wondering if that board uh, that's just resigned from Swinton are now going to go and try and get that uh, Manchester Rangers expansion side up that they, I think, was put forward a while ago. And See, I, I don't wonder know anything
1: if... about that. The Manchester Rangers.
0: Yeah, they in 2016, yeah. the Manchester Rangers had submitted a bid to enter League 1. Yeah. Um, but it got knocked on the head. Okay. So, I wonder if that concept will be revisited by this board. I mean, they're a pretty progressive standing board, which is kind of foreign for English rugby league. Yeah, or well, rugby league in general for the most part. Well, that's true too. <laughs> um I wonder if they if they go and try and get that team up. And they only need three good seasons in a row, like Toronto, bam, Super League. And the thing is too, like just say you put them in
1: right now and you would let the, the Swinton board that's had to step down, take them over, getting 300 fans, it's not going to be difficult, you know, to equal what they're doing at Swinton. So, yeah. you know, it's just,
2: but it just sucks imagine that Rugby that, League but... has
1: these moments like this where certain supporter groups and certain – and it's not the whole supporter group. Like I was reading some of the things and there were, there were people that were saying that the majority of fans were open to this change yeah. and it's a very small minority that have really, you know, hit it on the head. And the thing was, it was the threats, I think, that, you know – people making threats to board members who are just trying to do what's best for the club is ridiculous
0: well, there's talk actually too that the the mayor of was it the mayor of Salford yeah had been negative quite negative about it as well publicly
1: which i don't understand no. because Salford's got a team they do I, I just don't i don't get it oh you know and this uh, thing i've had with I remember years and years ago, I used to say to English rugby league fans on a lot of the forums, I used to say the future has to be targeting cities, not just remaining in small towns, because that's just the way sport is going. And I remember saying, like, how can you have Manchester not have a team that's called Manchester? And they'd be like, oh, you know, because it's Manchester and, you know, they it's a football town and stuff. And. I used to say, like the other thing I would say is, like, why is rugby league never ever looked at Birmingham? Because people would say, oh, it's a there's a class thing with rugby league. That's why it doesn't work in South and like, Okay, well, so what about Birmingham? Oh, that's a soccer town, and they never gonna, They don't have rugby league and blah blah blah. It's like because you've never taken it to them. Like they've got to look beyond these small towns.
0: It's and amazing this, how they were so keen and they've tried it a few times to bring teams mm-hmm. in in London. Yet they mm-hmm. won't go to Birmingham.
1: It's so weird. <laughs> it's not even like it's that far away. No, it's not. <laughs> it's I don't. I really don't get it. I really, really don't get it. it like, and anybody that used to say, "Oh, rugby league's not going to work in Birmingham," it's like, so you don't have any faith that the game's that good. Is that what it is? Yeah. Because if the game is as good as we all think it is, you can put it anywhere, and it's going to go okay.
0: Exactly. Um, well. We have, there was news earlier this year, a team in India has started playing games.
1: Oh really? I haven't heard that. Yeah. I yeah. know there's lots of places all around Europe where rugby league is going pretty well.
0: Yep. Yeah. It's it's gone really strong in Serbia. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, a lot of the uh a lot of European nations have now got rugby league to some some degree there. I mean mm-hmm. it's it's starting to pick up in Spain. You know, if you can't get it in, in Birmingham for crying out loud, and the whole argument of it oh, it never worked there, you know, based on what?
1: Yeah, like is there any other sport in the world where expansion, and not even over the top expansion, just you know, it's Birmingham, it's down
0: the road, yeah, it's a city, it's nearby. Yeah, you've you've it's taken a big teams to too. you've taken teams to Wales yeah but yeah. you won't you won't go to Birmingham, don't get it, I
1: really don't either. I really don't either. I don't know why why there's this big thing about you know oh, we've gotta make sure that it works in this town, but we can't go to a city yeah, it's like it's there's a, f- a reason why Leeds and Bradford have dominated over super league's entire history. It's like it's it's not rocket science,
0: yep. Uh, yeah, let's get on to one of our pet hates. Oh, which one? (laughs) Graham Annesley's Monday ref review. Yeah. PowerPoint presentation, eh? This week, today, he had a video which went for uh, just under five minutes, and it was looking at the the Melbourne versus Canberra game. Okay. Yeah. At the 90-second mark, he decided to address the incident where Vunnavalu was wrongly ruled to have gone into touch with less than two minutes left in the game. Mm -hmm. Here's a bunch of his quotes. Okay. The touch judge got the decision wrong. The touch judge himself was personally devastated after the game that he got this wrong. When he became aware that it was wrong, it's affected him quite badly in terms of his personal well-being, so I don't want to labour on it. I don't want to labour on it. He then said, over the next three minutes, no. laboring on it it's wrong but we will show once at normal speed to show how quickly it happens and i'll show a freeze frame afterwards that shows just how close it was to the touchline but that doesn't in any way diminish the fact that the decision was wrong that there have been some claims that i've read about you know that this was nowhere near the touchline and that couldn't be further from the truth we're not suggesting that the hand touched the sideline it didn't the decision was wrong (laughs) i'm glad he didn't labor on that fact eh This is while he's looking at the footage and then showing the freeze frame. And then he said, the touch dodge will obviously pay the price for that. He knows that goes to the territory, but I'd also say that whilst he's taken that very hard, and I can relate to that, you know, it's obviously a very big game and it came at a crucial time and he made the wrong decision. Some of the stuff that's been floating around, especially on social media, including vilification of him as a person, threats that have been made against him are completely and totally unwarranted. Yes, he made a wrong decision. It doesn't make him a bad person. it doesn't make him a bad official. He made a bad decision in this instance for someone wow. who didn't want to labor on. He spent three minutes banging on about how this referee got it wrong, how it was an important game um, and how he's paid the price that happened at a crucial time. It was a wrong decision. It was a big game. It was a wrong decision. Yes, he got it wrong. The decision was wrong. He's going to pay the price. And let's have a look at it, and we'll look at it again. But I'm not laboring on it. I mean, Graham, shut up. Seriously, we do not need these ref reviews. All you're doing here is giving people all all the fuel they need to bitch and moan about the referees even further. And when the fact that you've come out and said that he's been getting all these negative comments... How do you think reviewing it like this and banging on about his one wrong decision for three fucking minutes helps fix that situation? You're telling all the fans and all the commentators out there that our refs make mistakes and we're going to put them up on a big fucking screen and tell everyone how they made their mistakes. But don't criticize them. That's my job. Jesus Christ. Yeah.
1: Like, I mean, just say, right, just say Craig Bellamy said that exact same thing at the press conference. They would have fined him ten thousand dollars at
0: least. And the rest, yeah.
1: You know, and and how Graham Mansley, who's their boss, the referee's boss, how he can think he is adding anything positive to not only the referees performances, to their, you know, their general well being, to their confidence. I mean, what does he think that the game gets out of him doing these PowerPoint presentations where he literally is the breaking down what they've done wrong? And this is in an instance where the, the bloody Melbourne Storm had just thrown the game away. Literally.
0: Yeah, like this was not a game-changing moment. There's no. less than two minutes left in the game.
2: The game they went for a short changed.
0: kickoff. Yeah. It was, it's a nothing moment. I I can't believe it. I can't believe he would be so tone deaf. So stupid. There's no point for this crap. No. I'm so strongly opposed to having each referee error highlighted and explained in this lurid detail like this. It's just, it's so, it's so counterproductive. It does nothing. It adds no value to the referees. It helps them in zero ways. It hurts them. It's actually yeah. it's
1: counterproductive. And, you know, anybody that watched that game saw the Melbourne Storm had plenty of chances to win it. They had the lead. They had the ball. The game was over. You know, they would just had to kill the ball, kill it, you know, and that was it. And they threw the ball straight over to Canberra. Canberra scored, had, didn't even get one play of the ball in. They didn't need it. They just passed it out wide and scored. Let a second rower score too. And, you know, to think that, I, I, look, I didn't see anybody on Twitter saying that that cost the Storm the game, okay? And I think that anybody with half a brain in their head that saw even just the last 5 minutes of that game would say, well, that decision sucked, but the thing that cost them the game was when they gave it basically handed Canberra a a try under their posts out of nothing. Um and yet here we've got the NRL itself undermining the referees by, you know, breaking them down. I mean, there's, no, there's not one place where mistakes are broken down by teams and what they do themselves at all. Like, no one does that. No. And yet here we've got the NRL doing it with referees.
0: Yeah, it's 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 absurd. I hate it. I hate it with a passion.
1: I just don't understand. I mean, can you imagine what the referees must think when they sit down, they get their referees' appointments, they look through the game tape, and, you know, they don't live in bubbles. They know what Graham Manersley said. They'll have watched it. And, you know, I, I can't even imagine. I, I wouldn't even ask a referee. If we, like, you say we had Casey Badger back on, I wouldn't ask her because she wouldn't be able to Say what she probably really thinks about it, and I don't think any of the referees good. And I've said on this podcast before, there should be no referees, boss. The referees should just do their job. They should be given their assignments, yeah. But they, they don't need a boss. They're the experts in refereeing. They don't need some extra person. You know, just let them do their job. That's all I want to do. They don't need directives and you know, new crackdowns and stuff. Just let them bloody referee the game.
0: Absolutely with you, 100%. This this constantly, I don't know, it, it's it's almost like they're pandering to what the media wants. It really and, is. And the media isn't out there demanding better refereeing. The media is out there saying, we want content. And this is giving it to them. And negative content. It's like, it's like you know give them coins on a platter here you go i just don't get it. it makes no sense at all
1: it's it's so bad for the game it really is and i feel so sorry for the referees because we watched a round of football where a couple of teams didn't turn up and one team like just choked completely and i'm talking about the storm they choked and they did for, su- for some reason we're talking about a poor touch judge. Yeah. You know, unbelievable. And
0: let's, and let's be honest, people are talking about it. You know, the, the ones who are whinging about it are talking about it as if there was like three inches or so. His hand was in the air and over the line. Mm. So if you're running from downfield and you've got a split second to make a decision, you're going to say, well, his hand was in touch. It looked like it from where I was. Yeah, look, I
1: I said to you yesterday, at full speed, I was like, oh, man, I think his hand was in touch. And I saw the touchy's flag up, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah." called it. And then they showed the replay, and I was like, man, that was close, but it looks like he wasn't in touch. So as you say, it's not like it was some absolutely dreadful, can't work out how
0: that call was made. It was, like, very, very close. That's right. And the thing is, he's been stood down over it, and I think that is completely wrong.
2: Yeah,
1: you know it's it just it sends the wrong s- signal to the referees. Yeah, and I'm all for it. look if you're a video ref and you stuff it up and you make the wrong decision, stand them down. You know, yeah, maybe got it's no not excuse. their role. Yeah, because you've got the replays right, but if you're on the run and you're a touchy and you make a call, you got. Yes. I mean that you got to stick. But they they literally say. You've got to go by what the referees and the touchy say. And then the NRL turns around and says, but no. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: i got all the things you could sack a, a, you know, dump a, a sideline official for. Um, that is not it. That no. is so close.
2: It really um,
0: is. Did not, did not warrant being dumped. Um, but honestly, does, because I'm sick of him. Yeah.
1: He, he adds nothing. He adds nothing to the refereeing situation. He's actually hurting it, and I don't understand why somebody at the NRL doesn't understand that and tells him to stop getting on his friggin' live stream and breaking down the referees' performances. It's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, imagine how the uh, the wider league community in the NRL would feel if it was Buzz Rothfield doing that to referees every week. Yeah,
1: exactly. Well, just imagine if anybody you could pick, you could pick like. The most loved people in all of the rugby league community, like you could pick, um, say for instance, Yvonne Sampson, uh, obviously me, you, and um, I don't know who else would there be. Who would be the most another loved person in the rugby league community?
0: Hmm, I don't know. You leave well, me out. You leave me I, out, the leave me <laughs> I think I think you've got them all when you when you mentioned Yvonne well, you and me the yeah, three
1: of us, yeah, we'll just just do a, a show the three of us, and then we sit down and we go through every single mistake that each team made, every knock on, every you know every kick out in a fall, everything like that, every missed goal, imagine if people would hate it, people would be like you're being unfair, they're only human, why are you looking at all of their flaws? Why don't you look at the positives? And yet that was, that's what that's what Graham Annesley does every week for the refs. Yep.
0: Anyways, got the rant out of the way. Yeah, it was Time a good from, rant. It was a good rant. I'm I'm, I'm quite pleased with that. Um, <laughs> now we'll go for a bit of comedy.
2: Okay.
0: Um, the Daily Telegraph have put out oh. their ex- exclusive fan poll.
1: Okay.
0: And the thing I found funny about this, before we even get into it, is the fact that they ask the fans to give their views on these questions. Mm -hmm. So essentially, the fans giving them 100% of the content. Yep. And then they write the article and put it behind a paywall.
1: (laughs) Well, (laughs) you've got to pay for modern day journalism and the quality. You get the quality you pay for. So
0: the fans do all the work, and then they've got to pay to see the results of their work. Yeah, it's brilliant. You you don't have to worry about that at leaguefreak.com. No, it's all free, baby. Oh yeah. Just click so, some of them.
1: Just click one on some of them bloody banner ads while you're there, and don't yeah. complain to me when it's about like, you know, weird stuff because it goes by your search history. You weirdo.
0: If you if you right click on it, and just open it in a separate window all the time, that that might be a quick way around it. Well, if you know,
1: they've got a thing where they they look at how people click on stuff. So say somebody thinks, oh, I'm going to go to League Freak's website and i are going to click on all the ads. I'm going to click all of them and blah, blah, blah. You know, they look at that and they say, uh-uh, that's weird. We're not paying you for those clicks. They only do organic clicks. Now, I don't know how they work out what's organic and what's not, but I do know that I've had people say to me, hey, League Freak, why do I keep on getting adverts on your site for like, you know, mail-order brides and stuff and I've got to break it to them. It goes by your search history.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Which is why every time I go on there I, I just see adverts for my book.
1: Yeah. it's your, it, You know what I get adverts for? I get adverts for shoes, Nike shoes, non-stop. And hammers.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> do you want to be the king of Asgard? <laughs> Goodbye, this hammer. Um, all right, let's get into this. one just quickly so um, they hit the they got the hard question first. Which NRL team do you support? Twenty-three um, percent said Brisbane. Um, no one else is close. Parramatta nine percent. 1000000 Dragons at eight uh, percent. Titans two percent, and the Warriors one percent. Okay. Yep. At the bottom. Okay, that's kind of weird that
1: so many people picked
0: Brisbane for a Sydney um, Sydney rag. Hmm. Um, which rival NRL side do you most love to hate? Melbourne twenty five percent, Manly fifteen, Roosters fourteen, Brisbane twelve. So people, <laughs> there's a high number of people who love the Broncos and hate hate them at the same time. Yeah, that's weird. Who do you um, who do you love to hate? Um, well, aside from Annesley.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know. See, for a long time it was South, only because okay. of the Baume versus South thing. Okay, but I don't know. I I find that I've I've softened in my hatred for other clubs. Okay, I just want to see teams play decent football. Yeah. Um, plus, it's easy to just rip on 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 everyone if you don't have yeah. a hatred for one team. You can just be balanced and, and rip on everyone evenly.
1: I think that's where I luck out a little bit because I hate everybody the same. Like, there'd be plenty of teams that would be like, oh, why do you hate us so much? And it's like, no, 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 you ain't special. I hate everyone the same.
2: That's
0: consistent. I think the one team I've probably hated on the most in my life is the team I support. Yeah,
1: I would say that too. I'm I'm, the, I'm harsher towards Penrith than I am every every other team, definitely.
0: Yeah. So... The the least hated side here is, are um, Penrith, Warriors, right. Canberra, Tigers, Titans, Cowboys, and the Knights.
1: See, I, I feel like you want to be hated.
0: <laughs> I would yeah. rather be hated and be good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, who is the best player in the game? Tedesco, 39%, Cameron Smith, 28%, and the rest of all got five or less. Well, wow, I'm kind of surprised that
1: Cameron Smith was so high up. Um, but, I, I like, I don't argue with it, but I'm just a little bit surprised that it, there weren't other players there. Um, and I get Tedesco. I mean, he's had a
0: fantastic season. He has. Um, if you were building a club, who would you sign as your marquee player? Tedesco, 28%, Munster, 16 Smith, 13 uh, Tom Trevojevic, 12. Kalen Ooh. Ponga, 9. Tom Alolo, 7. Wow, that's low. Um, where do you see rugby league in five years?
1: I see rugby league in five years with a couple of kids, maybe working part-time, maybe the seven eleven. Um Talking about how they used to be really good, but something happens, or something went wrong somewhere. Uh that's how where I say rugby league in five years time. Oh. Ah. Oh wait, that's me.
0: <laughs> that, well <laughs> wait. Is is there a difference? Yeah, wow well, growing off the waters, that's about it. Yeah. Pretty much. Um eighteen teams with two expansion sides got thirty one percent. Um no change twenty eight percent. Sixteen teams with one club relocated twenty six percent, eighteen teams with one club relocated fifteen percent. Okay. Um, how, many teams, how many teams should there be? 16 got 41%, 18 got 38%, 14 got 12%, and 20 got 9%. Wow,
1: 20 got 9%. That's kind of shocking to me. Yeah.
0: I mean, Where I would should... love
1: for there to be 20 teams. Like, you know, if they said in five years' time,
0: 20 teams, I'd be like, beauty. Yeah. I'm not opposed to it. I don't know why there has to be this low number or magic figure of 16 or so for, for the competition. I think if a, if a club is sustainable and can look after itself, yeah. and let's be honest, how can you not when the NRL is giving your lease club a, a ton of cash every year and they're paying your, your players' salary? Well, you know what it is, don't you? If the, you've got the pie,
1: right? And like, even if you say we, the, the grant is going to go up, so you're not going to lose $1. You're actually going to make more money. But as a club, you would rather own, and that the NRL clubs do have a certain level of power that they get out of it. But every single club that's added, that power that they have just shrinks just a little bit.
2: Yeah. That's it what does. it is.
0: It does, but at the same time, um, if they can expand to new markets, get new sponsors, that sort of thing, then it does mean more money could come into the game and into their pockets.
1: 100%. And I get that. But that's not Rugby League. That's not how no. Rugby
0: League thinks. No, I know that.
1: No. Rugby League is like, oh, what? I, I already I already share this thing with 15 other clubs. I'd rather share it with, like, you know, 11 other clubs in an ideal world. Of course, my club makes that cut. But I don't want to have to share it with, like, you know, 17 other clubs.
0: I don't want to share it with
1: 19 other clubs. That's how they think.
0: It is, yeah. They're stupid. Yep. Um, where should the NRL expand to next? Um Brisbane, 30%. How do you expand to a place you're already in? Well, <laughs> do you see the Broncos
1: play? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that Brisbane has an NRL team. <laughs> uh, oh, goodness. Um, nice Brisbane had an NRL quality team, wouldn't it?
0: That's true, yeah.
1: Maybe they should relocate to the
0: Gold Coast. That'd be good.
1: Now, Maybe if switch they switch to swap. a round. Yeah, Yeah. oh, look at that.
0: Great minds think alike. (laughs) Um, Perth, 26%. The Central Coast, 23%. Has someone at the Telegraph been pushing for the Central Coast to have a team? That might be a reason why that's high. I
1: reckon it's just John Singleton and the people that run all of his businesses up there on the Central Coast. Anytime they see Central Coast come up,
0: they just vote like crazy. Yeah. Uh, Southeast Queensland, 12%. I mean,
2: that's
0: where Brisbane is. Yeah. Okay. Papua New Guinea, 6%. Adelaide, 3%. Okay. What is your favourite NRL match time slot? Friday, 7.50pm, 34%. Jesus Christ.
2: What? Oh no way.
0: <sighs> Sunday, 4.00pm. I don't know. It tells you that the people who are voting on this thing don't go to games. They sit at home and watch it on TV. Yeah. The so 7.50 is enough time for you to get home from the mad bloody chaos of Sydney traffic and whatever else. You get to get home, sit down, order some pizza or something like that and just park your ass in front of the TV and watch the footy until you're not off. Yeah. Uh, Sunday, 4 p.m., 19%. Sunday, 2 p.m., 16%. Saturday, 3 p.m., 10%. Friday, 6 p.m., 6%. Thursday, 7.50 p.m., 4%. At least the bottom two are correct. Yeah, like I
1: mean, and I, I think we've talked about this before. I'd have all of the kickoff times, the the nighttime kickoff times at seven p.m. Um, and yep. yeah, I'd have as many afternoon games as possible.
0: Yeah, um, I I don't like the idea of two Friday games, but I understand that they exist for TV and yeah, whatever else. So they that's kind of a kind of situation you're stuck with i guess
1: i also think we're in a weird place in that um when we have enough enough games to go around we're going to fill out all the time slots really well like when we've got enough that we we can say okay we've got sunday from 2 p.m 4 p.m and even a 6 p.m game but we've also got a, a saturday afternoon game we've got friday night covered and but at the moment, we haven't got those extra games to put in the afternoon time slots and the, the extra time slots that uh,
0: would be ideal so that we cover well, everything. A, it's almost like there's a genuine fear of having games start at 2 p.m. Hmm. I don't have...
1: get it either. Like, that's yeah. for, like, for me, I think the ideal start time is 3 p.m., right? But I'll cop 2 p.m. and 4 p.m. because TV needs that, right?
2: Yeah. Um, and I, yeah
0: think, I think... 2, 4, and 6 would be good time zones to be kicking off mm. um, on weekends. Yeah. That makes sense, to me they,
1: they, they don't want to do it. And that's why I also think having a couple of teams in New Zealand and a team in Perth would be great because you'd be able to service those other time slots that are Absolutely. a bit fun. And yeah. for them, it's just normal. To, it's a good normal kickoff time. So, yeah. Yep.
0: Uh, should Queensland host the 2021 NRL Grand Final? Yes, 54. No, 46. I've got,
1: uh, I've got no problem. I don't understand why anybody would say no.
0: Yeah, I, I don't get it. I yeah, generally don't cute. get
1: Like well, I've got no need to deny any market the Grand Final just because.
2: Yeah,
0: I'm, I'd be happy to to trial things with the grand final. I wouldn't even be opposed to them having the NRL grand final at that new Perth stadium. If it's just for one year, yeah. what's the worst that can happen? A whole heap of people in Perth fall in love with the game.
1: Yeah. Origin, I think the Perth Origin game showed that once the game kicks off, you don't give a damn where the game is. Nope. Like, you just are watching. You know, if you if that's a game that you weren't going to be able to attend anyway... You don't care where it is. You, it's just on it. You know, it could be on Mars for all you care. Um, Perth ran it really well. Uh, we talked about a little bit about this last night in another great episode we didn't record last night, by the way. Um, yeah, <laughs> it was brilliant. Um, that, like, the way we saw it was that Brisbane would love it, that you were saying Melbourne would bend over backwards and throw a lot of money at it. But the dark horse could be
0: Perth. Yeah. I think Melbourne and Perth have, I think they've got the money in the bank to, Mm -hmm. to go in half of this and compete with Brisbane and Sydney for it. And Melbourne would do it purely for the ego factor. Yep. As I was saying last night, it's because they'd say, well, we had the AFL grand final, you know, Mm -hmm. they could, they may have even had an origin game. Um, you know, we've got the Formula One, we've got the Australian Open Golf, we've got the Australian Open Tennis, we've got the Melbourne Cup, and then they could say, we also had the NRL Grand Final. What do you do, Sydney? That's what it would be all about. It would be just a yeah. massive bloody, this is how big our dick is thing.
1: And and I think that, I, I feel as though Brisbane would be like, okay, we, it's here's our shot. You know, like you say, the NRL said, okay, it's open. What have you got? I think Brisbane would be like, okay, well, we've got fifty-five thousand seat stadium, sweet, it's a beautiful stadium, perfect for rugby league, um, and this is how much money we can offer. And I think that I just have a feeling that Victoria will offer so much money that Queensland government will say, oh, "I'm sorry, man, we can't do that." And then I feel as though Perth is just gonna. Get, I think they're the only ones that could really push Victoria to be definitely. Honest with you. Definitely. And I say this with the idea that I don't mind having one grand final played at the SCG because it's like a throwback. It's like, listen, we're probably never going to play another grand final at the SCG ever again. So let's go back there. Let's see how it goes. You know, we can say it's, you know, a wonderful moment. We're back at the old girl The, you know, the used to be the epicenter of Sydney sport. Um You know, this is where they named a stand after Clive Churchill. But, you know, I don't want to play two or three grand finals
0: there. No. I think if we're we're in a situation where we've got two grand finals to play, then one needs to be um, in either Perth or Melbourne, and one can be in Brisbane. I'd be happy enough with that. Yeah.
1: I wonder how much the New Zealand government would put together for the grand final.
0: Um, be interesting because
1: so, I mean, it, they would have to be thrown a lot of
0: where Kiwi would they be playing at the park?
1: Dollars, I, I think you'd have to play it at Eden Park, and I, I don't think that's much of a ground. But if they say, "Listen, this would be great for the nation," and the Kiwi yeah. public is like, "Yeah, do it, do it, do it," I wonder if they could compete with a, an offer that was good enough. The pre, you know what the problem is? Kickoff would be ten p.m. That's the oh, problem.
0: Oh yeah, that would be a that, problem. It'd
1: kill it. Even even on a, even if Channel Nine said, and whoever the broadcaster is, you have got to give them a bit of you know, a bit of help that that direction. If Channel Nine said we'll kick it off at seven p.m. Sydney time, East Coast time in Australia, that's still a nine p.m. kickoff in New Zealand, and that's not
0: good. Yeah, it'd have to it have to be a uh, an eight pm kickoff in New Zealand, which would be six pm here. Which I suppose for a one off game that's going to be as big as that, you could probably get away with, but it's stretching it. Yeah,
1: you're asking a lot of your broadcasting partner. Yeah. Um, and, and like it, you know at eight pm, you know quarter past eight, eight thirty, they're putting on Lethal Weapon. It's a it's a hard ask for them. It is, it is. By the way, what happened to Lethal Weapon? Like, after the State of Origin games, I'm settling down to watch Lethal Weapon, nothing. What'd
0: they have on instead?
1: They played, uh, there was some Lethal Weapon series they put on, which I was disgusted
0: by. So, yeah. Get yourself lucky, at least you, uh, you got something that was half decent to watch. Every time after Origin down here in Victoria, it always went to the AFL footy show. Oh jeez! and they cut it off so damn fast to try and get yeah. as many viewers to watch the first few seconds of the AFL footy show and go, Oh, look at the ratings for the AFL footy show. It's through the roof. Really? <laughs> yeah. As it used to be, literally they'd, they'd walk as they're walking off the field. Yeah. Bang off. You didn't get to see any yeah. of the presentations. Just bang off air straight. I know there was no ad break. It was just bang straight into the AFL footy show. Do
1: you, I don't know if you remember this in the nineties, I think it was a finals game. And this was when they had the replay. They basically did the replay. It was a delayed telecast of the Sunday Mm -hmm. game. And it went into finals. It went into like golden point or extra time or whatever. And so they played it and it's coming up against the news. And so they said, and team A beat team B in golden point. Good night. (laughs) Ooh, That would have gone down well. Yeah. Look, it was before social media. Um, I should look. I should look it up. I can't remember what game it was, but the, yeah, uh,
0: the 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 people running the the rugby league at the time would have been pissed at that. Let me see if I can find it. Right. Well, I'll, I'll go on this a bit further. Okay. So, what is the best time to play the grand final? Fifty-one percent said three p.m. Wow, that's and pretty I'm, crazy. I'm not opposed to that either. Isn't that roughly when it used to kick off back in the nineties? Um, Look, you used I, to get the the the. Uh, I'm going to use some old old person term here. Yeah. The president, the president's cup, which was the under under 21s. Yep. We kick off at 11 a.m. Yep. And then reserve grade was one a.m. uh one p.m. And then first grade was three p.m. Yeah, the whole thing wrapped up before the before the uh, Sunday news started. See,
1: I feel as though I feel as though it might have been three thirty. Hey. Eh?
0: Well, wow, it was around there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know
1: I, why 3.30 sticks in my head.
0: A lot of games did back then. It was either 3.15 or 3.30. It used to be the time it always kicked off. Yeah. But um, I always had this idea that that would be a great way to do it, and you could actually get the people in England to say, you know what, we will tip in a few a few coins your way yeah. for this one-off opportunity where you play your uh, Super League Grand Final, and bugger it, even put on the, challenge, the, the championship final on the same time, right? You have those two games over in England on, and by mm-hmm. the time they've both finished, one after the other, yeah. it's time for the third grade grand final in, in Sydney.
2: Okay.
0: And you just have five straight games. You have an absolute bloody gala. Just
1: a R- giant rugby league day.
0: Yeah. And the broadcaster could just say, right, we've got rugby league for, was it, eight hours.
1: That would be pretty cool, actually. Yeah. I want, yeah. I wonder, like, the, what, that's one of the things I liked about Bathurst when it had an earlier start time is that you wake up, you grab yourself a coffee, sit down, motor racing all day. I used to yeah. like that. And I feel as though that's missing a little bit from the grand final. Like, I think the coverage starts at 12, but there's a lot of yapping. And there's a lot of breaks between the games, which I don't like, um, yeah. because I'm not—I don't care about the pre-game and the post-game, and the—I do not care about the halftime entertainment and stuff like that. I—I I, want to watch football, um, so having the games drawn out as long as they are now, it doesn't do it for me. But um, yeah, it would be cool to to have something like that where it's just like this great big international day of rugby league grand finals.
0: Yeah, I think it'd be fantastic. Yeah. Um. So, fifty-one percent said three p.m., thirty percent said five p.m., and nineteen percent said seven p.m. That
1: what do you Because like? you, you like a, obviously an afternoon grand final, but what do you think about the seven p.m. kickoff?
0: Seven p.m. is fine by me. I don't. Yeah. I don't like games starting later than seven thirty, especially yes. if I have to. If I'm in attendance, as,
2: yeah.
0: as a you know, as a parent, you've got a child, it's a Sunday night, you're not getting out of that venue until at least 10 o'clock at night if it kicks off at seven thirty, eight o'clock. Yeah. And you've got to get your backside home, get that child asleep because they've got to go to school the next day, you've got to go to work the next day. Um, That's just chaos. I, I also don't see th- any logic in that whatsoever. I also
1: think that and this is mostly applies to Sydney teams while the grand finals in Sydney. Um, there's, there's something about you win the grand final and it's party time tonight, you know, and, and it used to be like the grand final was one and everyone would go to the leagues club and, you know, it'd, you'd it'd be partying all night. Now it's a bit different when it's 7. PM off Cause it's nine o'clock. The game finishes about then anyway. Um, and so it's a bit of a later night, but it's still doable. Whereas if it kicks off at, you know, if the game's finishing closer to 10 p.m., you know, go on, I can see certain people will go out to it, but not everyone. You can't out a lot of people that are going to celebrate that win. Um, I still think that rugby league clubs haven't worked out the best way to celebrate a grand final just yet. Because I feel like they want to... There's got to be a balance between allowing the team, like the inner sanctum, to celebrate how they want to. But then you also wanna open it up to fans. And a lot of these clubs, they take their celebrations behind closed doors and then turn up at like at this stadium or something the next day, absolutely, you know, shit Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I I part of me wonders whether and it really is, it's only something Sydney clubs can do. Where you go straight to the stadium, party for a couple of hours, you know, and then go behind closed doors. I don't know how you do that perfectly.
0: Roll out kegs under the ground after full time.
2: Yeah, just all, all
0: the fans can just come down with all the players and they can all just get absolutely tank together. No journos and no phones.
1: Can you imagine, right? <laughs> just say Parramatta wins the grand final.
0: Oh, Jesus.
1: Can you... back like, seriously, I reckon they could fill a 30,000-seat yeah. stadium just with the grand final celebration. Yeah, they could. I think that would be nuts. And, it like, the Leagues Club would make so much money.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, next question. How many teams should contest the NRL final series? Ooh. Eight. 67%. Yep. Six. 21%. Five, nine percent, and then 11 had three percent.
1: You know, the three percent, I think this is why they brought in things like decimation in the Roman army. You know, (laughs) because every so often you get, you're going to have a certain percentage that you're like, you're going to have to off them. I'm sorry. Yeah, We've I all can... voted, and you got to go. You're off the island. I
0: yeah. don't know how
1: that works. No. Um, what do you reckon is the best number? for for Let's say the best number for right now, 16 clubs. Six. I agree. Now, here's the second question for you, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Considering we're going to have expansion pretty soon, we'll probably get another two teams. Are you happy to go to eight if we get another two teams? Yes. So am
0: I. Because I think if you've got less than half the teams in the finals, Mm -hmm. those teams are going to have a better than 50% win record. Yep. They are going to be the top teams in the comp. We've seen year and year again that the seventh and eighth place on the ladder, more often than not, are just also runs and They get bumped out in the first week of the finals. If not, then they get knocked out in the second. I think there's only been two, maybe three times when one of those teams... Has gone through to the grand final, but on mm. each of those occasions they lost anyway. No teams want a grand final come from seventh or eighth. No, so, I, I think
1: I think with the current league, I mean six would be brilliant.
0: Yeah,
1: I think seven you could make a really good argument for. I think eight, you start and look, it's the numbers. It's that numbers thing where just an eight game final, an eighteen final series is just so much easier to work with. Yeah, um, and that's what it comes down
0: to, really. That's right. Um, so it's yeah, I've I've never been keen on the the top eight system when there's when there's sixteen teams. It just I know it's simple and easy to work with, but it's also I don't know, I mean it's also good for you know half the fans are still watching their team at the end of the year, so it's a that's true. it's an easy letdown, I guess. As far yeah. as, uh, you know, ratings and crowd figures and interest in the games goes, only half and the just, fans are displaced.
1: Yeah, and just games on, on
0: in the final
1: series too. Yeah. Um, I also, if if you're an eighth-place team, you probably you wouldn't understand what I'm about to say here because, you know, you know. But if you ninth, come
0: eighth, right? Ninth, ninth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: you go for ninth place. But it, say you come eighth place, you'll you do get something out of that. Even if you go in and it's like, man, you're not going to win the grand final. It's like, Oh no, I'm just happy to be here.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm, I made that comment on Twitter a while back. Um, yeah. like the Tigers knew that if they, if they made the finals, they were going to be like Brisbane. Yeah. But they still go, who cares? We made it to the finals. Hooray. Yeah, yeah exactly. So and that's all, that's all eighth place is. It's, it's a participation award. Yeah, and man,
1: like, there's plenty of years I would take that. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) I can't believe you were like, nah, ninth place, that's the number. (laughs) Um, If if they took it to ninth place, the Tigers would be, like, on some ridiculous streak of being in the finals.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'm sorry. They, it feels they, like I'm being mean now. <laughs> they, they'd have more finals appearance than any other team in the competition. Yeah.
1: Be like they've got more finals experience in this side than any other team in the league.
0: Yeah. Come and join the Ninthers. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you like Sunday Night Origin? 60% said no.
1: Oh, wow. That's interesting. You know what it shows? It shows that with... The state of origin on Wednesday night, which is purely for a TV thing, yep. um, it shows that people get conditioned after a while, where it becomes a tradition.
0: Which is crazy because it's it's actually hasn't been in place that long. Wednesday Wednesday origins. Yeah, it's only become a regular thing in the 2000s. Yeah, it's 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 strange though. Hey. Yeah, I mean they used to play it on Sundays, Saturdays, Tuesdays. Yeah, weren't Mondays. you saying they, they've
1: tried every day except Thursday, I think you said?
0: Um, I'll have to check. I'm, yeah, it would be something like that. Pretty much okay. every single day except Thursday they've had Origin on. Yeah. And Wednesday has only been a, a recent novelty that they started to stick with because the uh, Channel 9 liked it. What do you like? I'd like to see State of Origin played on Saturday. Yeah. Um, all three games on a Saturday. Yep. and rep games all around them, like international rep games all around them, women's and men's. See, I I think that what I would like
1: is it to be rep weekends, like you say, where it's you know, um it's just rep games Friday, Saturday. I kind of like that Sunday Sunday night is the big Origin build-up. I'd like it to kick off at 7pm, which I think would be way better, but yeah, I like that, especially when you consider that State of Origin is like the biggest sporting event in Australia now by quite a long way. Um, so I, I like that it's sort of that build up to Sunday. I, I don't mind the Wednesday night games as well, but I just, I, the kickoffs, the kickoffs are too late for State of Origin.
0: Yeah. Um, but I, I would like to see it on a Saturday. Um, you can put it anytime you want on a Saturday, but preferably a, a seven. 7 p.m. actual kickoff would be spot on, because nowadays Roger of kicks off at you know quarter past eight. Yeah, it's just absurd. Oh, There's it's no ridiculous. Need, no need for that. And that 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 game or those three games will rate the ass off anything. You could put it on at any old fucking time you want; it will rate its ass off. So yeah. I don't know why they need to. Why the networks are pandering to certain time slots they want it to be on and all that sort of rubbish? Put it on whenever you want; it'll outrate it. Yeah, I feel as like they obviously
1: do it to get, like, to cover certain time slots. Um, And they obviously want it on at night because it's like, I mean, Sunday night's the biggest TV ratings night. But, um, yeah, if they could work out what to put on after Origin, like, if they could, if they found a, like, just an hour or a half hour show that they could play after Origins that worked, I feel as though they'd move State of Origin forward for it, so that they got that big, that big change. I wonder. Say you were, Like Channel Nine, for instance. I wonder what would happen if you did State of Origin from say, say you started kick off at seven p.m., game finishes at nine. You finish up the you know game coverage at say quarter past nine, right? Mm-hmm. And then you pay the rights for a just out of the cinema movie and you it was like you know what state of origin nights you not only get to see the state of origin game but straight after it you get to see that a, a movie that is like only just left the cinemas that would yeah. be crazy absolutely
0: that would be amazing huh hey? make a massive bit of it that's a brain idea
1: yeah and it would cost a lot of money but i you would you would lock it down you would yeah. lock down that day that week it would be ridiculous absolutely would i think we're going to see more stuff like that i think we're going to see like i think of uh a lot of the marvel movies like if i could pay 50 bucks to watch a one off it's still in the cinema um movie i would do that i like watching stuff at
0: home We'll move on before it gets a bit blue. <laughs> <laughs> um, who is most likely to make their origin debut for New South Wales next year? Um, now, I'm going to say these as they're written. Okay. Luke Keery, 31%. Tevita Pango Jr., 16%. Victory Radley, 10%. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Lodge, 10%. Bronson Cherry, 10%.
1: Yeah. well victory radley i mean he needs to change his name tomorrow that's the first thing i yeah. can't believe it's not Bronson and sherry straight
0: away hey yeah that that kid's got so much so much potential and he's already starting to cash in on some of it yeah in um, fact i would have no problems if he's
1: in the first game just bang straight in there
0: yep likewise you
1: know um Pango Jr. has said that he's not representing New South Wales. He might change his mind down the track, but for now he said he's not doing it. Matt Lodge I don't think should be playing professional rugby league anywhere on planet Earth. I, I don't think the
0: NRL will allow him to get picked. You reckon? Because let's be honest, he had a pretty good year this year form-wise. And would you say that Matt Lodge had a better season than Daniel Saifidi?
1: He, I would say he has, but, I mean, you're mm. setting the
0: bar low there. I know, but that's that's my point. Yeah. Is I think if Lodge hadn't had that crap from, from America over his head, yeah. I reckon he made its origin debut this year instead of Saifidi.
1: Okay, yeah, I see your point of view.
0: Mm. Um, so I don't think I, they're going to let him in there. I hope. I hope you're right. I really do. Uh, so do I. What is the best venue in Sydney to watch footy at? Bankwest Stadium, 46%. ANZ Stadium 14%, Leichhardt oval eleven, Asbestos Land seven. What? The SCG five. What? Shark Park five, Wind Stadium three, Panthers three, Cogra three, Belmore two, Campbelltown one. Wow. Um I can't believe that Lotto Land and the SCG are above Shark Park, Wind Stadium, Panther Stadium. Even Cogra and Campbelltown and Belmore. Yeah, like that shocks me. Um I've, I've I've been to all these venues, okay, and yeah. except except for Bank West. And Bank West yeah. you see it on TV. It looks like an absolute no brainer. Yeah, um, yeah, that's easy. Mycart, um, Shark Park, Wind Stadium, Panther Stadium, Cogra, they've all got those magnificent areas where you can s- be on a hill, no seats around you, and just get close to the game and watch it like people would have done in the years gone by. All that romantic stuff people go on about Leicard Oval, it's the same for all those venues. Mm-hmm. And it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And you can't get that SCG. You go to the SCG, you're sitting a mile away from everything. Yeah. I don't get it. And Brookvale is just... Sorry, it's, it's a dire venue. I know it's got a hill, and it sounds like it should have been included in the other group I said but it's just, it's just rubbish.
1: Yeah, it is. I, I've been there too, and uh, it, it was kind of shocking, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, I've been to Bank West. Um, I've been to Campbelltown. I, I was at Campbelltown in a uh, commentary capacity, so I don't think it's fair to judge from that because obviously you've got one of the best seats in the house, being a commentator. Um, I think, uh, you know, I've done Penrith, Stadium. I like Penrith Footy Stadium. I know that people say I'm biased, but I feel as though you go there and you don't feel like you have missed out on something. You, I don't feel like you you feel like you're at a stadium where it's a make do place. Like you can have a nice seat, you can be under cover, you can sit in the hill if you want to. Um, you've got I, options there.
0: I put I put um, Panthers alongside Shark Park. I think they're both fairly similar in that regard. Yeah. Um, and I think they're both, they're, you know, very good stadiums. Mm-hmm. Um, wind Stadium as well. I so, mean, yeah. it's kind of
1: like the old Paris Stadium where, it, Paris like the old Parramatta Stadium before they rebuilt it, kind of the same thing. It's like you mm. get a seat, you're right near the sideline, it's a proper footy stadium and you don't really miss out on anything. Um, but yeah, SCG, I can't believe that's their... I, I can't believe anyone would have voted for Lotto Land. I mean, that's pretty crazy.
0: It's funny, okay? Remember all those results there? Yeah. The, the best venue had ANZ Stadium, second best at 14. Mm. Lotto Land, fourth best at 7%. SCG at 5%, at 5%. And it says, what is the worst venue in Sydney to watch footy at? ANZ Stadium, 32%. Yeah. SCG, 27%. Lotto mm. Land, 20%. So, the top three crappy venues, according to the fans, mm-hmm. are also among the top five venues that they like going to the most.
1: That's pretty funny. I, <sighs> you know, I guess you can say. Su- here's a here's the thing. I guess the question is the question: the best stadium or the place you like to go the most?
0: It says, "What is the best venue?" Okay, to watch footy. Right, that's different
1: because. Like I went to, uh, I remember going my first time. I watched a game between, it was between the Dragons and Parramatta Eels at ANZ Stadium, the Olympic Stadium, and I sort of sat where the corner would be of the stadium, and it was it was kind of shocking how bad it was. Like it was really shocking, and the crowd wasn't great, and it wasn't a great game, which didn't help. But um, that's one of the worst places I've gone to watch football, and apparently. And I don't know this because I haven't been for a State of Origin or Grand Final, but apparently it's very different when the you know you got like over seventy thousand there. It's the atmosphere is good and all that, but I just I'm not willing to invest the money to go to something like that at a stadium that's not made for rugby league.
2: Yeah,
0: no, I'm with you on that one. And um, I'm somebody that that
1: invested the money to go up to Brisbane to watch the World Cup final and sit behind the post. Like, it's not about not wanting to spend the money, but if I'm going to spend that much money to go and see a big rugby league event, that's a lot of money these days, you better put me on the on the bloody sideline. I don't want to be sitting back and having to, you know, take binoculars. The
0: um, interesting thing I found with this is 1% said Bankwest. Really? Yeah. Don't get
1: that at all. That's stupid. Because I tell you what, you, and I I don't I don't know if I said this to you, you could watch a ping pong tournament at Bankwest Stadium, right, and still be pretty close to the action.
2: Yeah.
0: Like, it's that damn good. I can't wait till you see it. And I'll go in there very soon. Um, other than your current coach, who would you want to coach your club? Craig Bellamy, 58%. Trent Robertson, hmm. second best with 11. Boy, Wayne, Bennett, Wayne Bennett, eight. Ricky Stewart, six. Hasler, five. Maguire, three. Nathan Brown, two percent. Anthony Seabold. I think his uh, stock might have taken a bit of a plummet. He's at <laughs> two percent there. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Brad Arthur was at one percent. Yep. Um, along with all the other coaches that we mentioned. Paul McGregor. Bruce, what about percent. Ivan? Ivan's at 1% with Brad wow. Arthur, Paul Green, Justin Holbrook, Dean Pay, Stephen Kearney, and John Morris. They're all at 1%. All at 1%. Okay. Other than your current coach, who would you least like to coach your club? Oh, man, Wayne Bennett it. and Paul McGregor, 15%. Wow, that's interesting, hey? Ivan Cleary, 14%.
2: Wow.
0: Seibold, 10%. Kearney, 9. Stewart, 6. Brown, 10. Bellamy Hasler 5%. Dean Pay four. Green and Arthur three. Morrison Holbrook two. Robinson and Maguire, 1%. Hmm. Uh should the bunker be allowed to rule on forward passes? Yes, 71%. Uh.
1: No, 29%. Oh. Stop with the goddamn bunker. Yeah.
0: Who is the best buyer of the season? John Bateman, twenty three percent.
1: Oh, let me find a bucket to vomit into.
0: <laughs> Charles Nichol Klokstad, 22%. He he's should be the answer. one at the top. Yeah. yeah. Blake Ferguson, 15%. Yep. Marcus Sivo, 11%.
1: Oh, yeah, it? I didn't think of him, actually. Uh, I feel like he's not, Oh man, do you put him as
0: a bo- I guess he is a boy, hey? Yeah, I think he is. But I'd, I'd okay. still have Nichol Clockstad ahead of him. I think you're right. Yeah, you're right. Because so I think when Parramatta got Sivo, they went, "We know what he's what he's going to be."
2: Yeah.
0: But Nickel Cluckstep was virtually unknown, and, and he, he he's just, come on so much further than they would have thought he would have.
1: One hundred percent. He shouldn't have sh- he shouldn't have shaved his hair though. No, that's true. Yeah, like what was he doing? He needed he needs that man bun. Like I yeah. bet when he turned up and he had a haircut, I bet someone gave him a talking to. Hey. Yeah. Because I always like, said, listen. You go, and, go on Google, right? Go and look up Samson. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say start that. Start <laughs> growing your fucking hair right
0: now. And leave it. Yeah. Um, yeah, Drinkwater had seven. There was Madison and Garrick with five. Clemmer and Crichton on four. Harawira and Neera and James Roberts on three. That's too high for James Roberts. Um, James Roberts
1: has been... I mean, when you think about how he started the season with the Broncos and then... You look at what he hasn't really done at Souths, man. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: He might be an albatross of a contract that they're looking to get rid of not too long from now.
0: Yeah. Uh, He might be Penrith really soon. (laughs) Or or Titans. Or Titans, yeah. (laughs) Who is the worst buy of the season? Tyro Peachy, 25%. And I think that's harsh. Mm -hmm. Because Shannon Boyd at 15% for me would be Mm -hmm. the top one. He disappeared. Mm. Um, Tyrone's at least been playing. He's been playing all over the place. Yeah. Bench, 5'8", center, fullback. You know, you name it, he's playing every back row. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Nina McDonald, 13%. That's harsh because the poor bastard broke his leg. Yeah. Sean <laughs> um, Johnson, 13%. Eh. Corey Norman, 13%. Same. Jesse Ramion, 12%. Dylan Knapper, 10%. Yeah. Mm. Um, Rookie of the Year, Painhas 48%. Sevo 13 Cherry, 12%. Pappenheiser, 9 Garrick, 6 Harris Tavita 3%. Nakora, 3%. Dylan Brown, Brian Tu'u, 2%, 2%. And Brett Naden, 1%. Damn, that's a good list of youngsters, huh? Jeez. Who Who do you think...
1: Uh, I... I can see, I can see a really good argument for probably the top four or five of those names there. Hey,
0: yeah, definitely the top three. Yeah, um, Ask Sivo Cherry, and I'd, I'd have Nakora in the conversation because I mean, he, he made his test debut after a handful of games this year for New Zealand. And People... uh,
1: Harris Devita, I have like I've know I've banged on about him, but I've yeah. always been impressed with how well he's played.
0: It has been the fact that he's got a dumbass coach who wouldn't give him enough game time
1: Yeah, you know what? He would be such a good buy for the Broncos How good would he be at the Broncos? Or the Tigers What are you talking about? I mean, he'd be in negotiation with the Tigers right up until he signed with the Broncos That's exactly right
0: (laughs) Tigers are just the vehicle to get get the contract jacked up
2: It's like um, it's almost
1: to say the Tigers is like you know, and they go, hey, hey, we're in talks to get D.W.Z. and then, it's, they're, but they talk in other clubs, you know. Don't tell anyone, hey, Bulldogs, don't tell anyone. We're going to get D.W.Z. you wants once out at Penrith.
0: I think it's more a case of the boards going. Who, who are you guys talking to, D.W.Z.? Like, no, not, not me, not me. Oh, should we give him an offer? No, Bulldogs already signed him. Oh, shit.
1: <laughs> oh, they say, like these, these players, managers, they call up the West Tigers and they say, man, he really wants to come to your club. Just put together an offer. And they're like, yeah, we'll get back to you. Give, give us give us four or five, six, seven, eight weeks. We'll get back to you. We'll put together a nice deal. And the manager hangs up the phone. He's like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll just go to the other club. Yeah, it's like, hey, DWZ. They're really, really keen. They said they'll get back to us in November.
0: (laughs) 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 Oh, that's so true. Um, What should the NRL do with the Gold Coast Titans? Relocate, it's never going to work 51%. Leave them on the Gold Coast 49%. I would say that I should say relocate, it's never going to work 51%. Leave them on the Gold Coast, it's never going to work 49%.
1: That's hilarious. That's bloody hilarious. It's you know what? It's so fucking true. <laughs>
0: um, would you allow your child to play junior rugby league? Yes, eighty-one percent. No, nineteen percent. Or mums with kids, nineteen percent. Mums, mums with kids. Do negative? Oh, here's one. <laughs> this is one just for the Daily Telegraph readers. Okay. Do negative headlines turn you off from watching the NRL? <laughs> No, seventy three percent. They're just gone. Green light, more of that shit coming.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, like, can you imagine the people that had to click on that? They're like, oh man, got to get this one out.
0: <laughs> and who is your favourite play-by-play commentator? And uh, Vossi got thirty-two percent. Ray Warren twenty-nine. Warren Smith ten. Ray Hadley. Six percent. Oh, he's atrocious. Yeah. Andrew Moore, six percent. David Morrow, five percent. With Dan Janine, Brenton Speed, four percent. Anthony Maroon and Matt Thompson, two percent. Jimmy Smith, one percent. Wow. Was uh, was um, Mark Levy on there? No, okay. No, didn't of get a his mention. on there? None of them got a mention. Okay. Oh. One of his alices, Ray Hadley. Got to mention he got six percent. Yeah. Ooh, I, biting! Yeah, how dare you? Um,
1: I, I my favourite one's probably Dan Gernane. Um, and after that, I guess it's Warren Smith.
0: Yeah, I I I'm a fan of Vossie, uh, Warren Smith. Uh don't mind Gernane either. They'd yeah. be the they'd be the top three callers for mine. Okay. So that wraps up the uh the Daily Telegraph fair poll, which yeah. we all have to pay to read.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's uh that was really interesting. I think that um you know we we got through a lot of topics in there. It's been a, good, been a good fun episode, hey. It
0: has. And it has yeah, been a, a long has been a long one, but we've I've got one last thing I'm gonna to put here to just quickly. Okay, yep. If you won the $150 million Powerball this weekend? <laughs> yes. Well this Thursday. Yes. What what would you do with the money?
1: Okay. Now we've discussed this Andrew, you know. We exactly. have. Okay. So my plan is this and I I'm not joking if I win the $150 million. I said I'd give I'd give 10 to Andrew and his family, right? That's the first thing I said. The second thing I said is that I'm only going to live for a few more months. If I get them $100 million bucks, come on, man, please. 100,
0: That's,
1: $150. i am going to do some weird shit as well. I'll just let you all know. Um, but so my, main, that. <laughs> my main thing that I'm going to do is I will buy, I'll purchase the Manly Eagles off the Penn family, um, and my plan would be to move them straight away to Brisbane. I play at a Suncorp Stadium, uh, not sure where I'd base the club exactly, but I like your idea that you you mentioned to me a while ago. Just you know, do a deal with the Manly up there, uh, win a Manly, and try and forge links with that club. Keep the same colours. Uh, I'd, I'd take the history of the Manly Seagulls up there as well. Like that, it'd be a complete move up there. Um, and yeah, like, and that would be it. And and my plan would be to. Invest in the club, get them established, get the sponsorship back up, uh, you know, establish a supporter base up there, um, get money into it, and then sell the club within ten years to to profit off of the club.
0: Yeah, you did mention this on Twitter, and Hawke Ozeals has replied and said, "Negative gear them in, negative, negative gear them in first five years, and then claim it on tax." Well,
1: you know. <laughs> My club wouldn't make any money, Andrew. I mean, I know that we'd the sponsorships would go through the roof. We'd have way more supporters, get bigger crowds and all that. You know, we'd have sponsors that would be knocking on the door, big national sponsors too, but we're not making any money. I'm just going to let everybody, including the ATO, know that we're not a profit-for-profit organisation. So there will be no profits to be made. Um, and when I do sell the team, I'm sure that there's something I can do with charity or something where I'm not actually making that money. I'm actually losing money on selling them. I'm just saying.
0: Well, there is a there is a podcast we know of that needs a sponsor.
1: Yes, a very, very good sponsor, a very, very good podcast.
2: Yeah. Um, and what so would it's...
1: that podcast be called?
0: on the Freak. Oh, yeah. Just pump the money back into it. Yeah, that seems like much. a legitimate way to to hide your money. I mean, yeah. invest your money yeah, legally.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's an that's investment
0: what, in the future. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, thanks for tuning in, everyone, for this this very long episode. Um, people have been asking for more episodes, so we're just delivering more of the episodes as well as more episodes.
2: Yeah,
1: and can I just say to everyone?
2: Um, if the symptoms persist, see your doctor.